everyone, it's Shelby with Flash Boss Radio. You're listening to episode 20 today, and I'm having Carrie Bristow from Orem, Utah on the show today. And Carrie has been in the lash game for over eight years. Back before lashes were on strips, they used to be in little pots, and thank goodness those days are over. But she's been in the industry for that long, and she's gonna be sharing some insight that she's learned along her way. We're also gonna touch a little bit on her YouTube channel and some hot topics. I definitely recommend you check out her channel after listening. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. If you're tuning in today, please let us know. Just tag Lash Boss Radio and Carrie Bristow on Instagram. And here we go. Okay, Carrie, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so excited to be doing this. Yeah, me too. Um, okay, so let's just start with how you got started in the industry. So I first learned lashes way back in 2010. I happened to be a student in cosmetology school. Um, back then, the lashes were in the little pots, you know, and we practiced on manicure heads. And to be honest, I did not like lashes back then at all. Um, And maybe it was because they were in pots or maybe because the lashes themselves were, you know, stick-like, but I didn't really love lashes. So I didn't do them for a long time. Um, Fast forward to actually later that year after I graduated, I enrolled into a sex school Mm -hmm. and we learned lashes then as well. And I liked them a little bit better. Um, I believe then it was Bella Lash. They actually came to our school. So um, by that point, they were in trays. Um, they looked a lot better. Um, I still wasn't in love with them, though. Maybe it was because they were classic lashes. And I'll tell you, I only offer volume because I just love it so much. But yeah. so I got certified anyways. Um, but again, I didn't really offer it much. Um, and then let's see, I... I actually later went on to teach aesthetics at that college I went to. Mm -hmm. I taught there for about four years. And during that time, um, two lash companies came and I also got certified two more times. Um, I believe it was Bella Lash again and then Minkies came. Mm -hmm. Um, And so with each certification, you know, I was just getting certified just to be able to help out and teach the students and do that kind of thing. Um, but I did notice that every time I learned a little bit more, every time I had a little more practice, I did like them a little bit more. Um, it really wasn't until, uh, 2015 that Mm -hmm. I was starting to have a real interest as in wanting to pursue it more than just the occasional client. I was just doing hair primarily and I just wasn't really passionate about hair. It was just something I was doing because that's what I went to school for, but it just wasn't sticking the way I wanted to. So, um, I remember going on Instagram and just seeing all these, these girls posting volume and I just was blown away. I couldn't believe that those were lashes and what did I need to, to do or to learn to be able to lash like that. So, that's when I went on and got more certifications and pursued lashes. So, yeah. Nice. So who would you say were some of your biggest inspirations around that time that you're speaking about? I would say back then, 2015, I was looking a lot at Aaron Taylor's uh, mm-hmm. page. Mm-hmm. Um, probably Leah Lash Pro and Frankie Widows, I would say. Those were the three I was just in love with. 
I love that they posted not only just beautiful work, but helpful tips and tricks. Um, so from the beginning, those were the three. Um, I have more now, but those were the three starting off. Yeah, sure. So whenever you were learning volume, it sounds like you were already leaning towards I guess having more of an eye for volume or more of a heart for volume, was it something that you grasped naturally or was it a struggle at first? I would say it was a struggle. I don't know anyone who it's not a struggle for. (laughs) I'm certainly going to pretend that it was super easy for me. Um, I first started off learning the pinching method and I didn't love pinching, but I couldn't do the other methods. So I did pinching for quite a while and struggled with it. Um, but I just had to take the advice of everyone on Instagram saying, you just, you have to keep practicing. You have to. Mm -hmm. So no, I, I, I definitely struggled just like anyone else did. So, so that leads me into my next question, which is what, what pieces of advice other than practice, like what pieces of advice helped you kind of round that corner and make everything more clear? I would definitely say two things would be patience. I think lash artists need to have patience. One, you have to have patience with yourself when you're learning this skill and this craft. If you're going to give up in the first try, you're never going to be a successful artist. You need patience when you're doing these really long, full sets. Um, When your fans are falling apart, you need to have patience. Um, And then also I would say... um, you have to cut that comparison game. You cannot do that. Um, there are times when you just have to like log off. You can't be looking at everyone's profile and just focus on you because when you get caught up in what everyone else is doing and their beautiful work, um, it tends to kind of make you feel down and you feel like you're, you're not talented. You're not good. And that's not true. A lot of these people, you know, they've been artists for many, many years and have, you know, thousands of hours of practice. So I would say patience and don't compare yourself to others. Okay. Um, whenever you learned volume, which courses did you take? My first course was with Borbaletta. Um, and I chose them because it happened to be Aaron Taylor, who was in the class. And I absolutely loved Aaron. Um, I never met her, but I just, I really loved how she was so helpful and educational Um, so I took the class for her and then year after that, I took, um, Lena's, uh, lash makers course, Mm -hmm. which was just mind blowing. Um, Mm -hmm. totally in my mind broke all the rules of, of lashing and just kind of shattered that box I had been in. Um, I love her class. And then just last month I took, um, Trina's class, Maven Artistry, which was another just eye opener, just Oh, I mean, I would say Maven's class really stretched me the most as a lash artist. I really, really enjoyed her class. They taught um, a joint class once, um, which I heard was crazy good. Oh, I bet it was amazing, (laughs) yes. Yeah, um, well, those are awesome courses uh, to take. And so anyone listening, I, I highly recommend those ladies, um, and Borbalette is awesome too. Um, so in your treatment room, what do you feel like are your favorite products to lash with? 
Oh, my rider dies. Um, they've changed over the years. I've tried almost every brand that's here in Utah. Um, and actually this just past year, I've been on a brand, you know, experimenting, reviewing kick and I've tried a lot, but I would say without a doubt, I love J brand beauties, clearly Lux adhesive. Mm -hmm. I love it. It's probably my favorite adhesive, but I'd also say it's equal to, um, pure bond from lash makers. I love that one. Mm -hmm. So that is the, the best adhesive. I, I can't lash with any other adhesive. Um, as far as lashes, I think my favorites are again, lash makers, J brand lashes and EBL is a new one I just tried and I love their lashes. Mm-hmm. And then as far as tweezers, cause I think tweezers are, the, are just so important. Um, you just need to spend all the money you can on a good pair. That's all I have to say. But, yeah. uh, for sure. I just got, um, Maven's tweezers and those are just rocking my world right now. But I, those are beautiful too. Oh, they are. They are so pretty. I love the whole prism, you know, rainbow thing going on. Um, but I love her tweezers and then I love lash make tweezers. And again, J brand has some good tweezers as well. So those are the main brands I kind of switch between. So like what, what specifically are you looking for in these brands whenever you try out lashes say? So because I've tried so many, um, which a little plug, I really encourage lash artists out there break out of your box and try several brands. There's so many girls that just stick with one and they never change. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's all a preference thing. Some people love an ultra matte lash, some like a silky lash, everything. I'm really looking for a good in between. If they're too matte, they tend to tangle. They don't look really black. They almost look like just like a dark gray. Yeah. Then if they're too silky, um, they can be too shiny or when they're silky, they can lose their curl really easily. Mm -hmm. So I'm just looking for that perfect combination where you still have, it's slightly matte, you know, and, but really black, um, they can come apart easily. You know, those ones that tangle in the tips just drive me up the wall. Yeah. So I'm looking for, you know, really black, um, you know, good curl, things that don't lose their curl, things like that. So you just started a YouTube channel. I did. Yes. And you do product reviews on there. What else are you going to be doing? My main purpose of the channel was to do reviews on products. I think a lot of times we're on Instagram and people are just praising these products, but you never know if it's sincere. You never know if it's, if they're, you know, a brand, you know, rep, a brand ambassador, if they really do care about these products, if they actually use them. Um, So I wanted a space where I would give my completely unbiased review. I'm not going to sugarcoat anything, Um, but also a place where you could find a little bit of tips and tricks um, and just just fun, casual conversations, fun topics. So it's fun. That's exciting. Um, What gave you that idea to start doing that or what made you want to like just take on another project essentially. Um, a lot of things inspired it. I started YouTube. Um, first it was my husband who really inspired me. He has his own YouTube channel. Um, and he just kept telling me that I would be great if, you know, I would be great on camera and I'd be able to, um, be an educator for a larger audience. And, um, 
kind of just show off my personality. I kind of wanted to do something that hadn't been done. Um, Frankie Widows is on YouTube and she has great, great tutorials. Um, and there's a few others on there. And I just wanted to do a similar thing, but make it more accessible. I wanted education to be more accessible. So, yeah, that was kind of my my motive. So are you feeling like you're wanting to work with clients for many more years or are you trying to, I guess, move into a different direction to where you're not going to be um, behind the chair? I think in even a small capacity, I always want to be behind the chair. Mm-hmm. I think it's necessary. Um, uh, Lena, she says it. Um, how does she say? She says keeping her hands warm. Yeah. So she may only do, you know, one or two here and there, but she does it to keep her hands warm. And I think that's really important, especially when you are an educator. You know, if you haven't picked up a tweezer or done some lashes in several months and then you go to try and teach someone else, you're going to be fumbling all over the place. So exactly. I think in some capacity, I always want to be behind the chair because I, I actually really enjoy lashing. I love it. Will my clientele, you know, go down? Absolutely. And then will I pursue other avenues? Absolutely. So have you ever worked in a salon doing lashes or have you always been solo? I've always been solo. I was lucky enough that um, I worked in a salon for about a year after hair school. I was doing hair. I was doing waxing. I think I did maybe two sets there, two lash extension sets, and they were (laughs) awful. I promise you that. Um, And then after I had my my first baby girl, I've just been working from my home. Um, and so I was lucky enough that when I did lashes, I already had kind of a set clientele. Um, either those girls would get their lashes done or they had, you know, friends and family coming to me. So I never really had to, to struggle as far as the lashing. I definitely struggled getting hair clients, but once I already did all that lashing was just such an easy transition I already had yeah. space. I already had clients, all of that. So, yeah. Have you ever felt like you're just because I used to work solo and I remember sometimes I would feel a little lonely. Do you ever feel like that or do you not have those thoughts at all? Um, I would say I'm naturally an introvert mm-hmm. and maybe that's why I love lashing because um, my life is kind of high stress with a bunch of kids and running errands and a bunch of other projects I'm doing. So when I get to go and lash, I enjoy the quiet. I enjoy, you know, a little chit chat with my clients, but then they fall asleep and I just get to put on some nice music and I just zone out. And so I love it. I mean, I certainly loved my experience in a salon and there might be an opportunity in the future for me to open up my own lash studio. But for now in my chaotic world, I don't mind being a solo artist in my own space. Sure. Um, do you feel like you have anything that you offer your clients um, experience that makes you unique or makes it very easy for your clients to stay loyal? Oh, that is kind of a tricky question for me. I, I would like to think that I'm unique, but I really I just offer the things that everyone should offer. I offer exceptional work, work that is healthy work that lasts, good retention. Um, I like to think that, you know, you kind of attract clients that you kind of vibe with. So certainly I, I, I believe I get along with my clients and they enjoy my company. 
Um, I give them a comfortable space. Um, yeah, I, I don't think getting a clientele is really complicated and keeping one shouldn't be complicated. I just think kind of your little checklist of, okay, I'm giving great lashes. I'm being polite. I'm, um, you know, I'm just offering all mm-hmm. that I can to my clients. It shouldn't be that typical. I don't think I, maybe, maybe I do give something different, but I, to me, I just see it as I'm just being you. Yeah. I'm being me. I'm doing the ABCs of lashing and how to keep a clientele. So. So you mentioned offering work that is healthy. I think we have, um, a big range of listeners, um, as far as how much experience they have. And I'm sure that we have a lot of different students of different brands and everything. So describe to me what you think like a healthy application of lashes looks like. Well, for me, I just do volume, but I will speak to a little bit of classic for those who are listening. It is my personal preference that I don't go above a 0.18. Others may argue that others may think, no, I'm just fine to do a 0.20. That's fine. Um, I'm not going to argue with them. Um, for classic, I would definitely say nothing heavier than a 0.18. And I personally don't like to go any longer than a 13. Um, there are times I've gone 14, but it's someone I feel like can handle it or if it's for a special occasion. Mm-hmm. When it comes to volume, you know, that's a little bit trickier question because now we have all of these different diameters. Right. But to speak to, I'd say, your basic diameter, 0.07, I typically don't ever go above a 5D fan because that's when you're getting those upper levels of a 0.20 classic lash. Mm-hmm. So, and again, I don't really like to go above 13 either. So those are just my preferences. I would never disrespect anyone who thinks differently than me. We've all been trained differently. We have different clientels. There are certain areas, cities in the country where it's all about the glam, you know, and then other places, it's a little more conservative. So I know that you just kind of have to do what you got to do. Um, if you choose to use heavier diameters, maybe scale back the length. If you're going to use a long length, maybe scale back, you know, the weight or whatever. So, you know, um, I tend to be more conservative, but I'm not going to bash anyone else who decides to do it differently. All right. Do you have a like any advice for making an investment as a lash artist? Do you have like a favorite investment that you've ever made? Well, I know what you're probably thinking because everyone's has said this, but education, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and more to that is don't just choose whoever seems super popular or what everyone else is doing. Really, really study and get reviews and see what they're offering exactly. Make sure your educator is someone who has had lots of experience um, and that their students have had a high success rate. Um, I think that's kind of a testament to the educator is to look at who has taken their classes and see how that person has improved. Right. So and make sure it's it's someone that whose concepts that you agree with. It's work that you want to be able to produce, um, things like that. Um, but aside from education, I would definitely say a good investment would be to invest in your space. I know this kind of seems odd, but I just know that when you're maybe lashing in a place that you don't love, whether it's a salon and you're just hating it or it's in your own workspace, invest in making your space lovely for you, not just for your clients. 
You spend so much time in that room. Make sure you have a chair that is healthy for your body, a bed or, you know, a recliner that is comfortable for you and for your clients. Mm -hmm. Um, I just, I'm all about like making your workspace still, I don't know, give off that, that positive vibe and that positive mood for you because you spend so much time there. So definitely. Um, one of my favorite questions to ask the guests on the show is what their favorite failure is. Mm-hmm. Yes. So um, do you have one? I do. I've had a lot, but I think I will just speak to one. Um, I had mentioned before that I was working at an aesthetics college here in Utah and I was working there for about four years and I was making my way up. I was becoming a, um, head educator or instructor there. I was teaching the, the, the older girls, um, the more advanced girls and everything. And, and, and I'm not going to mention the school or anything, and I have nothing bad to say about this school or, or the owners. They're actually still great friends of mine, but there was a time where there was a position promised me to be a director of education at this college and things weren't set out correctly and it didn't happen for me. Um, kind of behind my back. It wasn't a great situation and I was really hurt. And for a long time, I had just put so much energy and work into this company um, to make it a great school. And I was devastated that I couldn't be the director, um, that they gave it to someone else without telling me. And, uh, you know, after it was promised to me and I ended up leaving. And although in the moment I was really upset and really hurt, um, and I felt like a failure. I felt like, oh, I obviously wasn't good enough. Obviously, I didn't. I wasn't smart enough. Obviously, this and that. Um, but really, I know now that if it would have happened, I would have been stuck in this job that wasn't going anywhere. And yeah. once I left, it actually opened up a lot of time for me to pursue lashes um, and to pursue what lashes eventually would be for me. Um, cause when I was working there, I could only take like five lash clients. I couldn't do much. Mm-hmm. Um, so once I quit, I took on a huge clientele and since doing that, pursuing lashes full time has completely changed my life. So, um, and now instead of working for someone else, I work for myself. So it's wonderful. Yeah. I think, um, I think the reason I love that question is because, there were so many times I felt let down or just like kind of like your world just gets real dark and you just feel so devastated about something. But then you look back and you're like, I am so happy that that yeah, happened. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Um, do you have a favorite memory or accomplishment so far in your last career? Oh, my gosh. I was thinking of this one so much. and I, I just could so whoever has been following me for a long time, they know that I used to work for Borbaletta Beauty. It's a great company. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I have a lot of great memories just traveling with um, the educators and having so much fun and learning from them. Um, I would say every single class I took was another great memory. I loved meeting Lena, um, learning from her. I love learning from Trina from Maven Artistry. Um, and it's really hard to pinpoint just one memory because I feel yeah. every time maybe I do a class or I go travel or I go do something. It's not like one significant event. It's just that I went and I met a new lash artist and we connected and you make that connection. And those are all really special moments for me. Um, when I go to the gym and I see some lash artists and they approach me and they go, Oh, are you Carrie? And I'm like, yes. And 
oh, I follow you. And I love that. Any, anytime I go somewhere and, oh, I follow your work or, and likewise, when I meet someone who I'm just, you know, I'm so excited to meet that I love. Um, so it's just like, I think the networking, the connections I make really are just my favorite part of this industry. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think Instagram is a great tool also to kind of, we not only get to see what each other are capable of, um, artistry wise, but we also, I think there's this trend now where it's starting to move towards, we're starting to see who each other is behind the lashes. Like, right. and I, and I love that. Um, we're kind of all starting to really get connected because I think for a while, um, and this has been talked about on the show before, but a long time ago, the industry was more secretive or more not as connected, I guess. Yeah. And it's yeah. nice now to see like everyone kind of like lets their guard down, takes a breath and yeah. it's like, hey, like we're all like we're a community where we should stick together. Yes, absolutely. Um, do you have any controversial topics that you would like to talk about? <laughs> for me, I don't think anything's controversial, controversial. I think it's, um, they're just some hot topics and I, I love when people yeah. get involved and talk about them. I think the one that I hear the most about are pre-made fans Yeah, and both manufactured and made yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think when I first became a lash artist, I was like, no, 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 never, never a pre-made fan. Never, never, never until I took Lena's course. Um, yeah. and she talked about how you can make your own pre-made fans. Yeah. Um, I think if you're wise and you're smart and you do it correctly, a pre-made fan can be really great when you are, your whole schedule is booked out or you have a full set you need to do. And it only takes you four hours, but you only have two and a half, you know? Yeah. So I would probably say no to a manufactured pre-made fan. I think there's a lot more coming out and maybe they'll get better, but I haven't seen any that aren't too heavy. But I think Mm -hmm. a pre-made fan is okay as long as it's done correctly. I agree. Um, Well, I saw that there was, I forget which company did this, but there was like pre-made fans that they claimed to be done with heat instead Mm -hmm. of adhesive. But Mm -hmm. I think it was uh, Lana who said that she didn't really like them. so I think mm-hmm. people are moving in the right direction. Like they want to, they see where the issues are with the pre-made fans. So yeah. hopefully we'll see something soon where, um, or not, who knows? Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> um, what do you think makes a great artist? I kind of touched on this before. I definitely say patience. Um, you need patience. I think you need patience to do good work because good work takes time. Um, and then a hard work ethic. Um, again, if you're not someone who's willing to work, your sets are going to look that way. They're going to look sloppy and rushed. So I know those are kind of two super basic principles, but, um, I think they're kind of a foundation for someone who is a hard worker, you know, hard worker and having patience. That's how you create beautiful work. So over in Utah, I feel like the lash game is a lot different than what it is in other states. Mm-hmm. Side note, is Utah the state where you don't have to have a license or did it used to be that way? Uh, no, I, from my knowledge, you've always had to have a, um, a license. I believe, I believe maybe, maybe like years ago, like 10, eight years ago, maybe have to okay. for lashes. 
Okay. Yeah. Well, is there something about working from home that's more lenient than other states? Yes. yes. Utah definitely has a more lenient um, law with working out of your home for sure. I mean, you still need to have like a business license and you still needs to be like a licensed space. Like it has to meet certain requirements, like a separate entrance, separate bathroom, things like that. Um, does everyone do that? No. Um, they just work out of their home and don't even think about it twice, but mm-hmm. for sure Utah does have more lax laws. And I think that has to do with Utah being such a family state. There's a lot of big families, which means two, you know, two people need to work, you know, husband and wife need to be working. And so I think they kind of let that slide. Okay. Well, the mom can do hair or do nails or do lashes out of her home. That's kind of how I've seen it. Mm -hmm. I agree with it. I don't know. I still think people need to have high standards, even if it's in their home, but it is what it is. Um, Do you feel like your area is saturated um, with a lot of lash artists? It is. It's very saturated. Um, Probably the most saturated of any state, any place, I I would guarantee you. Um, And you would think maybe that creates a lot of bad work, but I'm actually surprised that Utah, for being how saturated it is, all of the girls seem to kind of up their game. A lot of them take a lot of classes. Now, not everybody. There's definitely girls here that aren't doing great work, but um, it has hurt the industry in a way because here in Utah, girls are not charging what they should. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of had a rant about that on Instagram a while back about how we need to step up and raise our prices. We are way, way undercharging, you know, compared to other girls in other big cities. Um, and I think it's, again, it's this Utah is a state full of large families and these moms, they want it all. They want the big SUV. They want the big house. They want the kids and all of the extracurricular activities. They want it all. And they also want to look nice, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's so interesting how the moms here, sometimes they want to look like a Kardashian, but on like a Walmart budget. I've right. heard that being said. So um, I really, anytime I talk to anyone in this industry, I and they tell me how much they charge. I kind of give them a little scolding. They need to be charging more. And that goes for myself. Certainly, um, there has to be baby steps here mm-hmm. in Utah. But, you know, lashes are not getting your oil changed. Lashes are not, you know, buying milk at the store. They're a luxury service. I mean, you need to charge accordingly. Yep, of course. What things would you say to the artists listening that, are having trouble with competition in their area? Mm, Don't consider the competition. Okay. Don't consider them. For example, I don't think twice about who is next to me lashing. I don't care. Maybe that sounds a little trite, and I apologize if it does. What I mean is focus on you. What are you bringing to the table? What are your certifications? How are you lashing? What are you offering your clients besides the actual service? And price yourself accordingly that way. But if someone down the road from me is only charging 50 bucks or something for a fill, I'm not going to go, oh, I probably should only charge 50. No, I'm not concerned about the girl next to me. I spent many years, um, specifically when I was doing hair, comparing my work, my prices, my this, my that to everyone else around me. And I didn't get anywhere. It wasn't until that I sat down and really mapped out what my worth was. And what my qualifications were, they said, oh, you know what? 
it doesn't matter what anyone else is doing because I do deserve this. So that's what I would think is don't, don't even consider anyone else. I don't care if someone is doing crappy work and still charging a lot of money or they're doing great work and charging no money. Don't even consider them. Mm -hmm. Just take into account how much you need to make to actually make money and how much you're worth. Exactly. And I think thinking it more, thinking of it more in terms of how, how can you raise the value of what you're offering to match the prices that you want to be charging to make what you want to be making? Um, thinking of it more that way, because that's a question I get asked a lot of times is, um, well, other people in my area are only charging this. So I feel pressured to charge that as well. Mm-hmm. And, um, but really it's none of, like what you were saying. It's, on, it's honestly really none of your business, what your competition yeah. is doing and charging. Um, and so, yeah, I just wanted to see like what you thought about that since you go through that. Um, Absolutely. Mm-hmm. yeah. So what about, your clients that have lashes on already and um, want a fill from you, do you have a policy about that? That are already my clients? No, no. Um, like, oh. I'm sorry, um, a, like a new client fill. Oh, okay. Yes. So a new client fill. Um, I know that's actually another controversial topic. I should have mentioned this one. <laughs> um, a lot of times you hear people saying, I don't work on anyone else. I don't, I don't, I don't. And I completely respect that 100%. I actually choose that. It's okay for me, for me, it's okay. And here's why the majority of my current clients that are the most loyal, um, and who just love me to death were clients who came from someone else and I had to fix their work and they were so grateful. Like that sounds kind of like dramatic, but they really were. They, they came, the lashes were falling out. They were painful. They were this, they were that. And because I kind of like gave them a break and I kind of sympathize with them. Clients like to kind of feel, feel like you, you care about them. You sympathize with them. Um, and you almost baby them a little bit like, oh my goodness. Yes, these are awful. I'm going to fix you right up. Those clients are my biggest tippers. They are the most loyal. They always pre-book. So for me, it works out. Now there are certain times I will not, there are certain artists or maybe certain studios. I would hands down say no, because I've had too many bad experiences, but I think it's case by case. And all I know is that I've had really good experiences with allowing myself to fill other people's work because, um, I've just had such grateful, loyal clients come from them. Yeah. I have to agree with that. Um, there's, someone that I, I think it's been three, maybe four years that she's been coming to, I no longer do her lashes myself, but, um, she goes to obviously one of the girls on the team, but you know, we saved her lashes and she always talks about that even to this day, like how we saved her. And Mm -hmm. so I think, um, having strict policies kind of about anything in my business personally, Mm -hmm. I take it case by case too. Um, even like cancellation policies, to be honest, I see sometimes on forums, people being so harsh to people yeah. that had to cancel one time in like yeah. a year. And it's like, wow, please like, don't be so inconsiderate because sometimes right. things do happen, but, um, really? you know, to each their own. Right. There's definitely a fine line between holding your standards and making sure people aren't walking over you 
but also extending some, some sympathy and understanding. And those clients end up being just so grateful to you. Yeah, exactly. So do you have, are you one of those people that, um, has a very strict morning or evening routine or do you kind of just take things day by day? Um, I would say yes, a strict morning routine. Um, and the rest of the day, no. So I'm, I'm one of those who I love a routine, but I also can't overbook or overschedule myself because I am kind of a busy mom. So mm-hmm. I always start my day. I get up at between six and six thirty, and get myself to the gym by no later than seven. And I spend about two hours there, which sounds pretty lengthy, oh uh, but <laughs> I love the gym. It's my happy place. So, um, that's kind of my, my structure there is that I always have to go to the gym. It just starts my day off. Right. Um, and then I come home and usually there's some free time. I have three little girls and so I'm running them around or playing with them or doing things. And then usually my, my clients start about late afternoon or evening and that's always scheduled. But then other than that, not really, I, I like to have a less busy schedule because first and foremost, my family will always come before anything else. So I try not to encroach on their time. Right. Um, other than the gym, do you have any other hobbies or passions outside of work? Ooh, fitness in general is a huge, huge one for me, but, and that seems to be all that I have time for, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't know what to say to that because that's kind of my life right now is family lashing and fitness. <laughs> I no, do that's love, fun. yeah, that's, I mean, I, I love fitness. I'm actually, um, I'm 10 weeks out from my very first bikini competition. So oh my goodness. I do have other interests and stuff, but right now they're on the way back burner because prep life kind of takes up every ounce of additional time that I have. So, that's so kind of, yeah. you're kind of on the same little path that Lena is on. Cause she's yeah. also doing that. Yeah. That's so cool. Lena is, I believe 14 weeks out and she looks incredible. I wouldn't be surprised if she won her first, her first yeah. show. Um, I have a lot more work to do, but my first show is in 10 weeks and it'll be in Las Vegas. So we'll see how it goes. That's awesome. Um, but no, I feel like if you have something like for physical activity and, um, you know, you have your family time, then lashing kind of covers everything else because you get your like meaningful relationships from that sometimes yes. through clients. And then even like your artistry and creativity is exercised with uh- that. It's also like my Zen time. I think I'm like, I spoke on before my life being so crazy and I'm always like at the gym and I'm like, it's my time to like settle down and to turn Mm -hmm. my brain off. It, to me, it's very therapeutic. Definitely. Do you like to listen to any podcasts or do you have any book recommendations for our listeners? Well, I'm listening to this awesome podcast called Lash Boss Radio. Oh, it's <laughs> my favorite thing to listen to. Um, no, uh, but seriously, I do. I love your podcast. Um, Thank you. This is something that the industry has needed for a long time. Um, I I used to be a big book reader, mm-hmm. uh, and then prep life started, and now I don't have any time for books. <laughs> but I do listen to your podcast. I like to listen to the occasional TED talks. Um. I'm a, a religious person, so I do lis- listen to like religious podcasts. I think it's important to everyone have a little bit of, you know, spirituality on whatever yes. level they like. But 
so I listen to a lot of that stuff. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. So nice. Um, when you were younger, like whenever you were growing up, what did you feel like you were going to be when you got older? Okay. So this is almost embarrassing. It's like embarrassing, but I think from the first time I knew I wanted to do this thing, I was probably only eight years old, but I wanted to be a comedian. Oh my goodness. I know that sounds so random and it's a little (laughs) bit embarrassing, like that I had that dream. And it's actually something that I've never let go of. People who know me personally know that I'm way silly, really sarcastic. I love to laugh and love to joke. Um, And actually it makes me feel like, amazing when I can make someone else laugh. So it's something that, um, I used to dream of as a little kid and I still kind of think about it once in a while. think, Oh, maybe you'll be brave enough to give that a go. But yeah, um, that was something that I love to do. There, there there've been other things I wanted to do, but that was probably the first thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, doing this YouTube channel, you can show your personality (laughs) that way. And I'm sure crack some last jokes here and there. I know. That's what my husband says. He goes, oh, well, you can, you know, two birds with one stone. You can yeah. do flash stuff and you can, you know, be silly on there. So I go, okay, all right, yeah. I'll go. Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, isn't, what is that channel? Or I think it's Lashlandia TV. Have you seen that? I know. That's not who it is. That's the oh, Instagram. Lashland- yeah, that's the Instagram with the memes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I'm thinking of the the lady the that lady with the accent. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. She's pretty funny. Yeah. So I don't know. Just just a thought. Little spoofs. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. I love it. What purchase of a hundred dollars or less has made a positive influence for your life in the last year or so? So this one can be used for just your life or for lashing, and that would be a gym membership. How does that, oh, how does that help with lashing, Carrie? And I'll tell you. So um, <laughs> before I started working out at the gym, um, I actually would love to post pictures on Instagram, but my shoulders were off, meaning one was sitting higher than the other. And I was also oh. having really bad hip, hip problems and all of that stuff. And Frankie Widows actually talks a lot about this on, on her page. It's how lashing completely beats up your body whether it's weight gain or you're throwing off your alignment or you're sore or you're this, you're that. Um, so when I pursued fitness initially, it was just, okay, I would love to, you know, lose a couple pounds. I'd love to get stronger. But as I built muscle and as I learned how to stretch properly and all that stuff, um, it's helped ease all of those pains that you get when you lash. Um, Mm -hmm. so it's something I would love to put more in my YouTube and I plan to, as well as my Instagram, um, exercises and tips and tricks, yoga, all that stuff, things that are going to help you not completely destroy your body because our body is our moneymaker. Our hands are moneymakers, but if we are in pain, we're going to have to stop. So I don't want to see all my lash artist friends, you know, having a crooked back when they're only in their thirties and forties, like that can't happen. So Um, you need to invest in your health and you don't need to go like crazy bikini prep like I am. Um, but even just minor fitness, just a little bit of walking and, you know, weightlifting and building, building your muscles can really help you to be a healthier lash artist. So that's what I would say is so important for everyone to do. And it's changed my, my life. Awesome. 
Okay, so last question. What is your motto? I believe the quote is from Colette Warden or Worden, and she says, it's okay if you fall down and lose your spark. Just make sure that when you get back up, you rise like the whole damn fire. <laughs> and mm. I love that. I think too often when we have a failure or a setback, then we stop. Yeah. We don't. And just because something is hard or just because something set you back or you failed at something doesn't mean you can't be successful at that very thing or another thing. And in this industry, we have a lot of setbacks. Some of them are minor. You know, you have an awful lashing day where the lashes are closing up. Your glue's not working. Or other days where maybe you didn't get that position you wanted or you feel like you're not getting as many clients or, you know, it could be any number of things. Don't let that setback, don't let that failure scare you. If anything, let it fuel you to pursue that very thing again. Try again, try again, try for something else, you know, I just, yeah, both of those things, just don't be afraid, go for it. And if you get knocked down, get yourself back up again. Yep. I love it. All right, so that was episode 20, and I have some news for you guys in just a minute, but I want to take a quick second to thank you for tuning in today. And as always, I'll be sharing some of my favorite shout-outs if you tag Lash Boss Radio on Instagram. I will link Carrie's YouTube channel and Instagram page in the show notes below. And now for the exciting news. If you listened to episode 19, you heard me say that I have some news to share in this episode. The truth is that I have a lot of exciting news to share throughout the rest of the year. Um, So I'm going to break it up a little bit. But the first little bit of news that I have is about a Facebook forum that I created for listeners of the show and really just any artist who would like to join a support group online. Now, if you're a member of any forums throughout any industry or subject matter, you'll probably see that there is a ton of unwanted material such as self-promotion, biased opinions, or just negativity in general. So I created this Lash Forum to make sure that the content would be purely educational and unbiased. This is not for brand ambassadors or brands to promote their product lines or for bashing other artists. It is a closed group, so just request to join and I'll add you in. It's pretty new still, but I've been heavily monitoring the posts that go up just to make sure you can all benefit from it. If this is something you're interested in joining, just click the link in the show notes or in my Instagram bio, which is obviously temporarily there. So if it's not there by the time you listen to this, then just go search in Facebook for Lash Bosses and the logo looks like Lash Boss Radio, but in white. It just says Lash Boss, but you'll see what I mean. Anyway, I hope to see you guys there and I will be back next week with episode 21. Thank you guys.